Welcome to Entrench, a 21 Pilots podcast. Hello, local dreamers. Welcome to Entrench. My name is Anna, and this is episode 57, the Lane Boy music video. Make sure you have watched the video beforehand and are ready for an in-depth analysis. I know that Nugget is ready because she's sitting in her box. <laughs> I think she's about to go to sleep. Um, but she's she's loafing in this little box that was a box that a board game went in, but I don't need it. So it's just a box that sits on the floor and she loafs in it. So like, what more could you want? <laughs> she's so cute. Um, yeah, I also just took my Christmas tree down because she just wanted to eat it way too much. And it got really bad the day before I took it down. So I was like, you know what? taking it down tomorrow you have made the decision for me so the tree rest in peace until next year (laughs) and also i just want to say i got new headphones so i'm very happy i can fully hear myself again not only in both ears but it's a lot louder than it was i feel like i didn't realize how broken the sound quality was hearing myself before until i plugged these in so it took way too long but we finally got here and that's okay, because I think, you know, like, they, they're serving their purpose, they're gonna last a long time, Lord willing, I don't somehow break them, but I think, I think it'll be fine. So, same podcast, new headphones. But yeah, so let's dig into the background. So, this video was released on July 20th, 2015, and it has over 288 million views. And in an interview, Tyler said it's kind of a manifestation of that battle with seeing some success, which I think is very apparent through the wording that he's used throughout the video. But also, like, it is true. They, him saying seeing some success is such an understatement, especially at this point in their career, which you could probably argue was their most famous point in their career. Yeah, I I can't even imagine what sort of headspace it puts you in um, to be so well-known and to feel like so much is accessible to you that's not to a lot of other people. Honestly, I feel like if that was me, I would get really lazy. (laughs) I feel like I already struggle with laziness. So if I had people doing even more things for me, I just feel like it, it would be too enabling. Like, that would not be healthy for me. Of course, I'm... I'm sure laziness is not the main thing that he's struggling with here with his success, but point being, I really cannot imagine being in that position and let alone like the climate today with fame and the internet and viral things and the way that it can happen to like anyone at any time is like kind of horrifying in a way because obviously like no one ever asks for it, but well, debatable nowadays. (laughs) But even still, like, it's just not something a human is built to withstand. Like, we're not supposed to be known by that many people. <laughs> Our brains, even when people are, like, healthily working through a lot of success or a lot of acknowledgement, our brains still can't even, like, wrap our minds around the numbers and things. And, you know, there'll always be numbers because we'll never meet every single person. I say we as if we're like all experiencing this, but you know what I mean. 
So anyway, I thought that was a good way to um, both describe the video, but also further emphasize, like, Tyler's need to write this song because of the very unique position he was in at this point in his life, and the unique challenges and temptations that it poses. The other thing, completely unrelated to, like, fandom background, that I wanted to share about the song is I worked a couple festivals last year, and at one of them, I worked with this woman, and we realized we had a lot of music in common. She asked me who I liked, and I said Wallace, because they're my other favorite band, and she knew who they were, which is pretty common nowadays, but, um, I freaked out and I like told her some other artists and she also knew who they were and then I told her like my favorite artist is Twenty One Pilots and she like so many other people used to love them and doesn't listen to them as much anymore but guys she told me she is in this video and she was near the front she tried to show me I opened the video for her and she tried to show me where she was and obviously it was like on a phone and so it was really hard to see but if you see anyone with pink hair in the audience, near the front of the audience, that's her. <laughs> um, so I just thought that was wild. I was like, you're joking. Like, I just, I, it was crazy. Yeah, and she was, I think she told me they had to film it more than once, but not like a billion times. I think they only filmed it like twice or three times, but they did have to do the kneeling thing more than once so just a little exclusive behind the scenes as well as like it being a festival like they had to get there insanely early to be right near the front and as someone who's always afraid of moments when I don't have an easily accessible bathroom I just it's just one of those times where I just don't I don't get how people do it but then I think I did do it once but <laughs> but I feel like it's so hard to, like, make sure that you don't have to pee when you're in general admission while also, like, not ending up with a migraine or something. At least speaking for myself, I can easily get migraines. It's like, where is that line? Because I have a really small bladder, but I also can easily get headaches, so it's kind of like... I don't remember if I got a headache or not. I just remember it was one of the best days of my life, so, I mean, that's all that matters. But anyway, that was a weird connection tangent that was not actually like I feel like I I feel like I talked about it in a sense as if I meant the same concert and I didn't so hopefully <laughs> I think you know what I meant so I don't know why I'm explaining moving along <laughs> I guess I'm just not having good transitions today but that's okay guys this is also incredibly random but there's this guy I just started watching on booktube who I love so much and he his name is Charles I don't even think he has social media and he's his channels recently blown up which I just also think is the coolest thing because it, it kind of gives me encouragement that like okay you don't always need social media accounts to bolster anything but I really love his channel I think out of anyone I've ever seen not just booktube like anyone I've ever watched Maybe more so book too. I don't know. Because I don't, I literally don't know what I was trying to say. I was about to say, because I don't know the people, but it's like, but I don't know him either. So I don't know what point I was trying to make. Anyway, he's incredible because I've watched YouTube for 
at least like 13 solid years now 14 solid years now I keep forgetting it's 2024 happy new year by the way and maybe this is also because people have been watching YouTube a lot longer but anyway let me just cut to the point sheesh he far exceeds anyone else I have ever watched in being so authentic and I don't mean like other people aren't but he's so funny because you can tell he's just completely comfortable being exactly who he is. I mean, it probably just helps. Maybe he's just naturally more funny than other people. I don't know. But he's so funny. Like, his, like the way he talks to the camera is just so authentic. And it's, I don't know. So I, I feel like I would struggle feeling like I needed to be formal or like super professional. But he's so casual and it's just, it's so funny because it's like you legitimately feel like he's talking to a person and not a camera. Um, and I just don't, I never see people do it as well as he does. Like an example is he did, <laughs> his latest one was a recipe he was showing and <laughs> he like mock bullies everyone. It's just, his personality is so authentic and so him and that's what makes him so great he i mean maybe he's exaggerating his humor a little bit but he like does this mock bully thing where it's so funny and he was <laughs> pulling his mushrooms out to chop them i'm sorry this is a huge tangent he was pulling his mushrooms out to chop them and there was one really gnarly one and he was like if you were a mushroom you would be this one because it's disgusting and he chucked it as hard as he could into the trash can and then he did that thing at the camera like when you're trying to like intimidate someone where he like moved forward really fast like trying to make you flinch and then it and then immediately after that it like missed the trash can and he like freaked out it was just it was so funny and I just want you all to watch that. His username is CSOP and <laughs> it's called chickpea soup question mark because he like completely changes the original recipe. Oh my gosh. Like you don't even have to like booktube or anything like just watch it for who he is because he's so entertaining. Anyway but now like my goal with creating content is I just want to be as unmistakably authentic as he is not because i don't think i am but i just want to be able to exude as much of my in real life personality as possible i think that's what i'm getting at he does that so well and you can tell it's it's not just like a performance for the camera but i don't know like similarly the best way i can compare it is like i just redid my voicemail on my personal cell phone and i was like why do we all make the same, like, really boring voicemail? I understand, like, practicality-wise, to an extent we need to, but also, it's our personal phone. It doesn't have to be professional. Like, we can add some pizzazz in there. And I think similarly with YouTube, it can get so easy to be like, oh, I've seen all these people before, like, any art craft. Like, I've seen all these people do these things, so I have it in my brain what I'm supposed to do. But you can tell he's, like, rejecting all of, like, supposed tos, and he's just 
being himself and the goal is literally just to be himself rather than like to even be like his inspirations or anything like that it's just so refreshing I don't know you can just tell when someone's not putting any filter on but anyway (laughs) this is not a Charles podcast but thank you for listening but I just love sharing all the things that I love and um So that's the most recent thing that I really loved. So I hope you don't mind that I had that tangent. And, you know, chances are if you like Tyler and Josh's stupid humor, you'll probably like Charles's. So that's also the connection I can stretch there. So let's dig into the video. Starting off with the intro, Tyler looks at the camera and it's very like a determined... I'm about to say something, which is very much what this song is, and we have the two men, or I should say the two people, because really we have no idea, in hazmat suits behind him, and I think it's poignant that they have red gloves, which is as we well, it's well ingrained in us by now that this is the blurry face color, Um, and I think it's very telling that it's on their hands because this is the part of them that's going to try to stop Tyler, contain Tyler, control Tyler. And then it flashes throughout to Josh drumming because of course it's not just Tyler but it's also Josh which is also a nice little juxtaposition of the two scenes in the video like clashing with each other but then coming together at the end which I really liked artistically. And he starts walking as he starts singing, and I like how he walks with his left foot multiple times near the beginning, kind of setting this tone of, I'm going to try to fight even walking normally, because I'm trying to make a point, because I'm frustrated, because I'm sick of doing what I'm supposed to do. Listen, I'm realizing there's more connections with the Charles tangent than I actually realized, so... Charles is not staying in any sort of established lane, and neither is Tyler. <laughs> there we go. It's just funny to me, because if you knew or had, had seen Charles already, the fact that I'm bringing, like, I'm bringing him into this is just hilarious. He's just so funny. <laughs> Maybe he'll listen to this someday. Dude, I hope so. I love that, ma'am. I literally lost my spot, but yes, so already starting off on the right foot, but not really, haha, it's actually a left foot, it's well established that we're not going to be bending the convention here, so watch out. So then, as he says, we go where we want to, he circles his hands around his body, um, which is even defined like the current direction he's going in, and the way that like... Even the concept of circle, like, you're not just going in one direction, but you're simultaneously going in, like, every direction, because there's no, like, stop and end point, and also it's not, like, a line, so there's not, like, one particular direction that it's going in. So that's what I took from that motion. He then says the line, they think this thing is a highway, and throughout this whole passage, he's walking away from the hazmat suits, and they're stationary as he's kind of saying his piece and then the lyric they think this thing is a highway repeats as we know as he goes into verse one 
And as it's repeating and coming out of his mouth, he stops, he becomes stationary, and the hazmats start walking toward him. And I think that this is telling that he kind of hit on a nerve there of, oh, he realizes the, both the industry and the conventional boundaries here, and he's not going to be conforming to them. And I think as soon as he says that line, it's kind of apparent to the forces working against him, whether literally in this video or spiritually, that he's a threat. And of course, as soon as we make our allegiance to Christ in that same way, we are seen as a threat. And it's not uncommon, especially for a salvific moment to happen in a Christian's life, only to be followed by spiritual attack. Spiritual warfare is so real, as we've talked about so many times, and once again emphasized in this video, too, through symbolism. Yes, Nugget agrees. So, Tyler starts nodding to the different beats, not just sticking to one beat in the way that he's moving as well, and he collides his hands together to emphasize the common ground he's establishing, as he says, that he knows a thing or two about pain and darkness, even though he wasn't raised in the hood, um, and how even these people of seemingly disparate upbringings and lifestyles can still come together and unite under adversity and mental suffering, which is also, of course, a threat. As we visually see, the hazmat suits are now right behind him, but as he brings up that he's fighting, that's when his words stop them and they become stationary. And I don't know why I'm forgetting the particular lyric. Let me pull it up. So he says, if it wasn't for this music, I don't know how I would have bought this. And that's when it stops kind of emphasizing that he's fighting. And so it's literally slowed down the adversaries and even paused them with his eyes directed toward God rather than evil or sin. And when he says, don't trust a song that's flawless, he uses this motion that feels like he's brushing it off. Like, don't get caught up and tangled in this idea of perfection or that it's obtainable. And I'm sure that that would be an even bigger temptation if you're in a position where like, an abnormal amount of people are supporting you or watching you. I feel like it could very much tempt you to, I don't know, think that you're somehow more important maybe, or it, it could, I definitely would feed the ego of, okay, maybe I'm somehow doing something that's more significant than other people. And um, it could very much build comparison also in a negative way, but not in the normal way that most people struggle with comparison where it's like someone has something that you want but if you're in a position of fame there's likely comparison of you with people who don't have what you have um and i can only imagine like the array of of sin that that would bring up because it wouldn't be envy probably more so be like pride and yeah i feel like the more famous you got i feel like it'd be really hard not feel like you're getting more self-absorbed and even like a fear of turning narcissistic I feel like I would struggle with that for sure um and I know that narcissism is such a 
taboo thing and definitely much more widely talked about than it used to be and so because of that I feel like it would probably be a really scary hard thing to like process through and and talk to someone about if you felt like that was a a fear or feel like it's such a loaded word and um, it's so easy to villainize who have any type of connection or experience with narcissism but in a way like we all have tendencies toward narcissism thoughts to think so they all kneel down as he says honest there's a few songs on this record that are for common and i like how it kind of feels like a visual form of parentheses i've never felt like i've seen punctuation visually shown but i think this did a very beautiful job even if unintentionally and in doing so emphasizing that despite what he just said there's actually some hypocrisy within himself there's a few songs on this record that feel common even though i just said to not trust a song that's flawless so i mean maybe there's also the implication of don't trust me either but i think it's it's also a good sign that there's that humility there of okay i am kind of contradicting and um, being hypocritical to what i just said which makes sense because i'm sure especially if you're doing something extremely successful or that turns into fame that especially the people working for you of course would want to continue that because if nothing else it's very financially beneficial to people and if they want to keep it going they're probably going to want to keep the same thing alive because it's been trusty already and so i could see the more the more famous you get it would probably be a lot more pressure um to not experiment and feel like even that concept of like "Mm, you shouldn't do that because you could lose everything is very anti Tyler and Josh and so I'm so grateful that even if I mean even if I have no idea but even if their music has certain expectations on it I love that they find all the unique ways like the lore and characters and such to um, really continue to experiment throughout the albums as they've gone along in their discography instead of just bending and making additional iterations of blurry face continually they've done two completely different albums since blurry face and that makes me very proud as well that i don't know it's likely that there was a bit of dissension among experimenting more but that didn't mean that they stopped and i'm very grateful for that because trench is my favorite album And then he continues the thought, in the industry, it seems to me that singles on the radio are currency. Creativity is only free when I'm playing shows, which I also think is cool that he brings that creativity into the music video, literally. But throughout this portion, they resume their walking, all three, Tyler and the Hazmat Men. And it's kind of like, okay, we're resuming, everyone's staying in their lane. And at this point, I also realized it's not just that they're, like, following him or maybe trying to overtake him, contain him, but them flanking him on both sides very much also feels like a prisoner visual. And, like, any prisoner scene of a prisoner being walked to a jail cell, there's never just one person. There's always two people on either side, and it very much highlights that these expectations 
on parameters are very, why can I not think of the word? They're very stifling and it's very claustrophobic to have so many of these pressures on you, especially the more famous and well-known you are and the more even audience expectations on you as well or requests, especially in the realm of social media um, and how that just adds on gargantuan boulder onto all the other pressures already onto the already abnormal pressure of being so successful and famous it's like triple whammy at least what was that nugget listen that was so funny for so many reasons and i'm so glad i got the sound on audio because if you're like, that was the weirdest sounding thing ever, right? Okay, well, <laughs> what happened is, like I said, I put my Christmas tree away today. My mom came and helped me because it was really weird trying to fold the tree up into the box. So we taped the box. What happened is the box is on a shelf in my closet and the tape came undone, so the box opened. That's what you heard. But the way I said was... <laughs> is so funny to me when it happens but then also like <laughs> when I went and figured out it was the box I looked up at it because it was still like moving a little bit from like the branches like pushing the box open and I was like what like the way my closet is is there's the pole that all the clothes hang from and then the rack the rack the shelf is above that and it's just all an open space with just the pole and the shelf and so I had like 10 seconds where I genuinely thought somehow Nugget got up on the shelf and <laughs> opened the box because she was so obsessed with the Christmas tree <laughs> I don't know like she would have had to fly up there I don't know why I was convinced that Nugget made the noise, so I was like, oh my god, how did she get up there? How am I gonna get her down? So the fact that I questioned that is really funny as well. And then, But then, guys, I finally found Nugget in the living room, and she was scared. Like, it scared both of us. Um, but we're okay now, but she's looking at it, like, thinking there's a creature up there. She's, she's still sitting there staring at it. It's okay. I've been, <laughs> I've been having to reassure her that it's okay. She's convinced there's a cat or something up there. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> anyway, that was very humorous to me. Thanks for um, helping me get it on record. <laughs> Where was I? I have no idea. Luckily, I like pretty much finished my point. I re-listened to my previous thoughts. I think this is where I am. Um, if it's a repeat, that's okay. He asks, will they be alive tomorrow? And this is where they all squat. <laughs> Shout out to when I thought um, the lyrics in Holding On To You were squat. But I love that this question is so weighty that they also like have to physically squat. There's so many like great physical interpretations of the lyrics in this video, even if they weren't intentional. Like, maybe they just squatted because they thought it was cool. 
but I think it has a cool double meaning. And if it does have a double meaning, wink wink Tyler, I saw you. <laughs> okay, this was the coolest part of the video to me. And it probably did not mean this to anyone else, but it did to me. And I was like, I literally paused and was like, no way. <laughs> While he's kneeling, Tyler picks a rock up. This is literally gonna be, I'm sure it means literally nothing, but I freaked out. I'm sure like the real reason is he's just doing something to let the question linger because it's weighty and important. But I immediately thought of John 8, 6. Come on now, if you know, you know. And if you don't, you're about to hear this. So this, ah, I forget the context. Sorry. But it's Jesus and he's in the midst of people as he almost always was. <laughs> but when he wasn't, he wasn't. And so I don't know what was just asked. But it says, oh wait. I'm pretty sure it was about the woman caught in adultery. Yes! <laughs> I was correct. <laughs> it's the woman caught in adultery. And they just asked him, now what do you say? As they brought up in the law of Moses, he was commanded to stone such women. So with that context in mind, it says, this they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger, the ground. I love that verse because we're never going to know why he did that. Was he writing something? Was he drawing something? Like, we have no idea. And I don't know, Tyler and the Rock just gave me the same vibes, so I freaked out. Just a moment where you're like, why did you choose to do that? But maybe it has significant meaning for you, but we don't have to know. And that's okay. <laughs> and so I really liked that moment in the video. So I hope you enjoy the connection that I made. And if you don't know that passage, I highly recommend reading that chapter as well as the entire Bible. <laughs> then, right after that, he brings out the what? The only kimono. It's his floral kimono. He wore this a billion times in this period of the band at like almost every live show, I feel like. I'm, I'm pretty sure, what was it? For, for at least one of the songs, if not like a whole segment of the set, he would wear this. And it was a very blurry face staple of their performances and obviously in the video too. And I connected this, of course, to putting on the armor of God as he continues and is also going into a second verse that is very spiritual oriented and a lot more controversial to a lot of other people. He's going to need that, that armor to protect him and give him the confidence that he needs in Christ. And this, of course, is Ephesians 6, 10-18. And I honestly could not remember if I read this passage before or not. So I'm just going to say, read it on your own time. But it's really good and gives a lot of details on the different pieces of symbolic armor and what they are. And it's a really great reminder for me, it's been a really great visual to remember in times of distress. So I would highly recommend. If I already read it, cool. <laughs> I didn't want to repeat. But if I didn't read it, check it out. Yeah, as a whole, again, this whole verse is very spiritual. And I like that it shows 
through the spiritual orientation that it liberates everyone, including the hazmat people, to dance in not just one direction, but in every single direction. They move in all kinds of directions. It's a cute little dance that's repeated throughout, but I just love it. And fun fact, my mom, this is going to sound really random, but my mom loves the Peanuts comics and movies and all of it. And that is like her version of Tony and Pilots. I'm very much like my mother. Um, and so she gave me these two Peanuts books to read and look through. One of them was the parables in Peanuts and one of them was the gospel through Peanuts. And I was like, okay, so we're the same. And she would write dates in her books when she would read them. And she read them when she was in her mid-20s. And I was like, okay, so we're literally the same. And we would have been friends, is what you're telling me. Maybe we're secretly the same person in different generations. My point being, something that stuck out to me when I was looking through those books is how Peanuts uses dance with Snoopy especially because it's believed that dance, at least through like Charles M. Schultz's perspective, is the epitome of life. And so I love that um, dance is also incorporated in this video full circle connection because I think that's true and it's also like such a sign of vitality in life more times than not and I know for me anyway dance is a huge way that I cope when I just really need a pick-me-up not even like professionally or anything like that <laughs> but just like even sometimes if I'm like I don't want to just sit here and eat because that's boring I'll stand up and dance while I'm eating because why not even stuff like that just so much joy and vitality so do it whenever you can because someday you might not even be able to so it's just it's just the teeniest tiniest easy serotonin booster you don't even have to do it for long you could do it for 30 seconds and tell me you're still just as miserable or if you you're, you're probably at least one percent better i'm sure after you dance so i think charles m schultz is really onto something and tyler's as well and in this one moment the hazmat people are too you can't deny dance all these songs i'm hearing are so heartless this is another comment that's exhausting and weighs them down so that they're also squatting down again and as he's saying this, Tyler also taps his head, and I think this is important that it's not just something he's saying or promoting, but it's also something that he has to actively remind himself to also give him the courage and the reminder that he is needed for himself and his values um, because it's not promoted enough and it's not heard enough. But he has the voice and the talents given to do so. And at this point, also now the audience that not everyone has. The chorus comes around again, and this is where Tyler pulls out his Sharpie from where? I don't know, because I feel like the kimono doesn't have a pocket. But he mysteriously pulls out the Sharpie, and he draws on the hazmat people. And at first I was like, is it a symbol? But I'm pretty sure he was just drawing on them to be rebellious. Especially because I feel like generally, like, they're kind of serving the position of background dancers, for lack of a better term. And I feel like generally speaking, like, the main artist 
never conventionally interacts with those people, even though they're still very much another layer and important part to videos. And so I feel like breaking the fourth wall isn't the right term because it's not towards the camera, but he's once again breaking the conventions of like how even the quote-unquote characters in a music video interact with each other. And the unspoken rules of like, you don't just randomly turn around and make them the focus or something. I don't know. It just seemed very unconventional to me and very pointed in that way. Let alone like drawing something but having it not mean something is also liberating. Especially given how much we love to analyze. Especially with 21 Pilots. Sometimes it can just be silly. He defies the narrative and the conventions and because of that they step in front of him and block him out which also works as the perfect transition to then shift into the concert. So it turns into the concert and everyone in a wave of sorts kneels down in the audience and this visually reminded me of how scripture says every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord and this comes up both in Romans 14. I cannot read my handwriting. I think it's just 14 11 and Philippians 2 10 through 11. So feel free to check those out as well. I guess I'm citing today rather than reading. Yeah I feel like as I go further I'm like concerned I'm being too repetitive with scripture but either way like like it would never hurt to read the same scripture over again, right? Because that's what we do anyway. <laughs> so I don't know why I'm like so cautious about it, but that's okay. Feel free to look it up um, if you want more context to understand the reference. The hazmats are fame and success we see that are actually properly written on their chests, which kind of goes without saying that the connection here is that they are toxic and kind of the gateway to a lot of unhealthy things and temptations and sins and everything in between. So then the main point, once everyone's kneeled down, is wordlessly said through subtitles on the screen that Tyler's supposedly talking and saying to the crowd, which is, why do I kneel to these concepts? Tempted by control, controlled by temptation stay low, they say, stay low. And this was also cool in the Emotional Roadshow tour that I went to um, because the warped voice of what's supposedly blurry face was the one who came over and said this. I think it was like said during a visual when Tyler and Josh were like temporarily off stage, which having it said in blurry face's voice was another cool layer on top of how the goal is to really confine and control them from being true to themselves, from them being open about faith, among other things, and how the enemy really does want to kill, steal, and destroy, first and foremost, as is also said in scripture, though I don't have the verse with me. And as everything's being said and the audience is they're all really waiting in anticipation for what's going to happen as these words are being said. Um, Tyler wipes what at least is implied as sweat from his brow, and I think that also emphasizes the nerves that are taking place as he has this moment, um, this unspoken moment, where he has two choices. He can either stand up and not stay low, or he can 
unfold to what's being requested of him or even demanded of him, both spiritually, in the industry, all of the layers. And this reminded me of Daniel, which I also read recently, and how Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow to the statue even though everyone else is. And as a result, they face execution in the fiery furnace. Though, if you didn't know, and also as repetition of already knowing, they of course don't actually die because God saves them through their confident faithfulness. And so I like that there really are so many visual reminders of scripture in this video. I think that's why I subconsciously love it so much. There's so much good spiritual connotation in the other videos, but this one has so many things that bring up specific scripture passages instead of just general faith. And I think that makes it a very memorable video for me anyway, as a Christian. Um, but then of course, on top of that, it's just a cool video. And I like how they combine their concepts with the live show because they also very much love their live shows. And um, just like car radio, it's cool to see that they even being much bigger than when they did the car radio video, we're still able to incorporate the audience as well. And once again, with, with so many other things in Blurry Face, they show the tension of like being pressured to be conventional while still fighting with using traditions and things that they have always done as a band that really makes them them and makes them put their brand and signature on it, regardless of how well known they get. And so I... I think even that callback to the car radio music video is a nice little nod to the ways that they are going to stay true to themselves and try to experiment as much as they can and, and not be pressured to be the same. And of course, as we know, very swiftly in those split seconds, they decide to get up. They decide to defy the standards and the pressures being placed on them and, of course, there's always that joy and excitement with the smoke machines that they always incorporate again and again and it's some of my favorite moments of their shows because I feel like they always use them or maybe not smoke machines is that the right term for it whatever the smoke blasts are called but anyway they they use that and the trench tour anyway through jumpsuit especially at the beginning of the show and it's just such a like serotonin boost alongside obviously like the excitement of the concert starting and the lyrics and the song and the narrative and what's actually being said and oh my gosh that live show is just so good and I would I would honestly give anything to experience it again because it really like it didn't just place you into a live show but it placed you into a world that you would sit in for an hour and a half and it was an awesome experience they're all obviously awesome experiences, but that, the Bandito tour specifically was, it was just such an immersive experience. Not because their other shows aren't, but it just brought a whole new level because it literally was its own world on top of being new music. So, as I always say, I'm so, so excited to get to Trench. So they had a celebration of, yeah, we're going to embrace sticking to our guns and... <laughs> no guns for hands pun intended and as he sings highway again through the chorus repetitions he rubs his eyes and I think it's kind of this tiredness of everyone's just trying to go so fast and compete and compare and it's all just very exhausting 
um, because it's a machine that humans weren't meant to fit into and be conformed by. And I like as he finishes singing, he flips his mic over to the bottom and sings into the bottom of the mic to, again, give another visual for Divine Convention. At the end, when he's done singing, the hazmat men kneel in defeat, and Tyler dances. And I love that part because he, like, gives this little smirk, and it's just really cute. And so he smiles at the end when he's done dancing, and then he turns around and salutes to the audience. And I think it's kind of just the cherry on top of paying homage to we're 21 pilots and so are you. And because of that, we're going to continue to honor you as our audience and not bend to what everyone's trying to change us and make us into. So I really like that that's the note that it ends on. And it's just such a fun video that I could just continue to watch and enjoy because I also just think it captures the energy of the music and the song very well. I like that it transitions between two scenes so it kind of really does feel like a narrative story a little more than maybe some of their other videos. More just feel like scenes and yeah I think they had a lot of cool layers in this video. I thought this the fact that subtitles were there but you couldn't hear it was really powerful so you're like really zoned in and paying attention and it's a very well thought out and intentional video and adds so much extra meaning to the song so much so that the elements of the video were then incorporated to the live show that's also nice because even if you didn't see the video you can still get aspects of it in the live show and i like how whether it's interviews or ways that they perform they always prove that every single thing they've ever released has its part to play and that it's all significant. And, you know, even if some songs get, get swapped out with performances or whatever it might be, there's always at least a season where everything is, is valued and very much used as an important piece to the band. And how even the videos are not just flippantly made, but they're also just additional pieces of value to who the band is and what their story is and it's it's so fun to separately analyze the videos because they really do bring so much additional meaning that you couldn't have without them even though it's still the same lyrics and it's just so much fun to be able to rejoice and enjoy these moments with you and come together and, and talk about how much we love different parts of the band and all the different components that comprise it. It's just such a joy and thank you as always for enjoying it all with me and here's to enjoying so much more. Like always, I want to hear from you. You can email entrenchpodcast at gmail.com with a written account of your 21 Pilots story or your favorite memories you have related to the band if maybe you were also in the audience for Lane Boy. You can also reach out with an episode request if you want to analyze a song, video, or album with me. And if you would like to contribute to the analysis we've already covered, you can send an email or message me on Instagram at entrench underscore pod. You can find Entrench on Podbean, Verbal, Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Music, among many others. I look forward to hearing from you. Tune in next time for The Judge. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Stay alive and remember, entrench, you're not alone.